Welcome to Intuitive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Kirsten Ackerman, the Intuitive RD. I'm a non-diet registered dietitian and intuitive eating coach. My mission is to help women recover from diet culture and heal their relationship to food and body. Follow along as I speak with leading professionals in the field and explore concepts of intuitive eating, health at every size, and body liberation. Hey guys, welcome to episode 95 of Intuitive Bites. Today I'm chatting with Becca Moravac, who you may know from Instagram as Millennial Therapist, and we're talking all about navigating this intuitive eating journey in the new year, where it can feel like diet talk is everywhere you turn, on every corner. Um, So this is definitely one you're not going to want to miss. Before I dive into this episode, just want to let you know that I do have a free Peace with Food training available. So if you are looking to dive deeper into your food and body healing journey, this is the perfect free option to get started. Uh, Just go to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD, and it'll just say free Peace with Food training. You can get signed up. Not only are you going to get that free training video, you're also going to get um, on my email list. So you're going to get, you know, basically weekly advice from me right into your inbox. All right, guys, with that, let's go ahead and listen into my conversation with Becca. All right, Becca, welcome. I would love to start just having you introduce yourself and a little bit about the work you do. Thank you. Um, I'm, I'm Becca Moravac, and um, I'm a licensed professional counselor and licensed marriage and family therapist mm-hmm. and a certified intuitive eating counselor in Denver, Colorado. Um, and I see clients full-time and run a group practice that is health at every size informed and intuitive eating informed. Um, yeah. So kind of my mission would be to bring health at every size and intuitive eating to especially the MFT, the marriage and family therapy world, because they're pretty far behind when it comes to disordered eating. <laughs> I can totally see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's so, that's so cool. Yeah. I definitely, I mean, I think that it's the same for any field or profession right yeah. now as intuitive eating and haze is like growing, but like, I definitely hear from a lot of clients, like, first of all, their struggles in the past with other dietitians who are not, you know, in this world, as well as like therapists that they're like, yeah, they just don't get it. So we just like, don't talk about that. So yeah. it's cool to like, you know, just see more and more professions, like trying to integrate this. Yeah. And I love, I mean, that's what I love about all that every size and intuitive eating is it's interdisciplinary and it should be right. Like, if we all could communicate and talk about these concepts, we would, we would just be doing all of our clients such a better service. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to hear too, just like a brief version of like how you got into this work. Like how did you end up like becoming an intuitive eating counselor, all of that? Totally. Um, I mean, it was through my own, like many people through my own work, I, um, was a, um, binge eater and weight cycler for about 15 years, like, and pretty extreme. Um, and there was a part of me that as a mental health counselor knew something's not right. Like this is, this doesn't feel integrated, right? That's the whole point of mental health is to become an integrated person. And if I'm, you know, crying because, um, I ate a Tic Tac, (laughs) right. When I'm, (laughs) when I'm, you know, or whatever, then something isn't quite right. And, at the time I sought it out, I think 
it's hard for me to quite remember. It was around 2015. Um, and I think I was listening and I have no idea how, I think I just Googled like help with, and maybe I had heard the word intuitive eating and I found Christy Harrison's podcast. And then I went to my network of therapists and said, is there someone who can help with intuitive eating? And nobody knew what I was talking about. Wow. Um, and so I was referred to a coach um, and I worked with her for about a year um, and then got really into and like soaked up like all the literature, you know, health at every size, body respect, intuitive eating, um, and just kind of dove on in, in my own personal work. And then became really passionate about spreading the word. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you're like speaking from inside. Me. I'm like, yeah, me too. I'll tell all that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Cool. It's, and, and it's like, once you find it, well, for me, once I found it, it, everything made sense. Like my disordered eating made sense, like the weight cycling, the constant dieting, the feelings of shame. And like, it was like just such a clear solution, like such a clear solution. Right. Right. Not like an easy one, but like clear. It's like, yes. Yeah. It was like, yes. Well, what, this is the piece I was missing. And now it's like, okay, totally. you can't go back, you know? <laughs> yeah. Not, not easy, messy, really messy, um, trying and, but also like, yeah, so clear. You can't go back. Yes. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I just, I, I love hearing it. I'm sure others love hearing it too. So that's awesome. Um, so what I wanted to like, kind of chat with you very briefly about today is basically like, navigating intuitive eating, kind of staying strong on this journey, maybe for folks who are like pretty new to it, um, in the midst of like the new year diet frenzy, like everyone talking about what diet they're on, asking you like, if you're on a diet, right. It's just like all this kind of pressure. So I guess like, what are your initial thoughts on just like this experience for folks new on the intuitive eating journey? Yeah. I think something I like to remind myself and my clients is that diet culture is the air we breathe and the water we drink. So it makes sense that you're going to think about it. It makes sense that when someone's talking about what new diet they're on, you wonder like, well, could that be the one that fixes everything? Even with somebody like me who is deeply committed to intuitive eating, right? And so giving yourself a ton of grace and like compassion to go, that makes sense. It's the world I live in, right? And then from there, what do I know to be true? Right. Because, um, I saw someone post, um, this, uh, and I reposted it and it was said like diet culture is, um, like an ex who, um, booty calls you every January and like, you don't need to answer the call. (laughs) And, um, remembering like how empowering that is to say like, I could do this every year. And then what happens when I turn 50? What happens when I turn 60? What happens when I turn 80, right? I'm thinking about my like own grandmother who's steeped in diet culture um, still and kind of going like, ooh, I think I want freedom from that, you know? Yes, I love that. And I love the perspective of like giving, like having that like that choice mentality of like, yeah, I can, right. Like I'm not, it's not that I'm not allowed to, but like, I'm going to choose not to because of what I know in my own lived experience. And that's like a much more just empowered place to be coming from rather than feeling like, cause I find a lot of people in that like stuck zone of like, Oh, like 
I wish I could, or like, I'd be bad if I tried to diet again. It's like, no, you wouldn't be a bad person. You'd be a human living in, you know, diet culture. Um, and also like, you know, where that's going to lead probably. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think that's really interesting friends and family, and even sometimes clients feel embarrassed to tell me that they've, um, uh, participated in diet culture again. And I want people to truly know there's no judgment because that's part of the journey. Like we again, it's the air we breathe. It's the water we drink. It makes sense. And then ultimately, how do you come back to yourself and come back to what's important? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I love that. Um, the other thing I wanted to mention as you were talking before too, is like that social component of it. Right. It's like when, especially like, I just remember at one point I was like working in an office actually at a couple different points. And like, it was mostly, you know, women in the office and it, it was just diet culture was so, loud. And like, if, if you kind of remove yourself from those conversations, it can feel like you're just removing yourself from connecting with the people around you. And I just, I guess I just want to acknowledge like how hard that can feel, you know, to kind of not engage in those conversations. Yeah. I think it can feel really hard. And I've had that experience with friends of also just feeling like, well, then how do we connect now? Right. Cause I'm not going to engage in this conversation with you. And then learning and being gentle with yourself as you learn to pivot conversation, right? Um, Because I think the truth is even people steeped in diet culture long for connection that is deeper than connecting over, you know, what we're putting in our mouths and what we're doing with our bodies. Um, And and you get to be a conduit to to do that, right? To not be dismissive, to just say like, oh, like I'm glad you're feeling good or whatever, but then pivoting the conversation yeah. Um, and trying not to, yeah. And try not to completely remove yourself. And that's hard because I think for, depending on where you're at, mm-hmm. you may need to remove yourself. Like you may not, like there was a time in my healing journey where those conversations just enraged me too much. Yes. <laughs> right. And now, and the further you heal, I think the more, um, like objective you can be and just noticing it. Um, and I think that's actually a big part of the healing is not being as triggered by it. Totally. I also feel like I find with a lot of clients, like exactly, like I totally resonate with that, like being enraged and just wanting to like spew like what I know and believe and what has been true in my experience and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I see with my clients over and over again, that they, if they follow that, like in whatever that like feeling and like try to engage in those conversations, a lot of times it leads to them, like almost being triggered back to like, oh yeah, maybe that like they, the other person like says all these things and they're like, oh yeah, maybe that is true. Maybe, you know, whatever. And they start questioning themselves yeah. the truth. You know what I mean? So it ends up being like harmful to them at that point on the journey, maybe. Yeah. And that's a part, I think it's a part of the process, right? The rage and like being angry at diet culture and like not being able to participate in those conversations. Yeah. Um, and so I think a really big part of, of, engaging in intuitive eating in the new year is to trust the process and to like be gracious with wherever you're at to not judge yourself where wherever you are yeah I I love that because I think you know yeah like like you said before like you might be re-triggered back to go back to a diet or consider it and whatever it's like if you could play around with that if you could like yeah play around with that compassion and be like okay this makes sense like that would be a real like that would be a win in itself that you just didn't beat yourself up for like you know deviating or whatever yeah yeah it's uh 
And and that's so congruent with intuitive eating because intuitive eating isn't like a direct path. It's like a um a true paradigm shift of like how we think about food. So um and and that's what diet culture does is it wants us to be on a like a path, like a do this and then this and then this. And intuitive eating is like, nope, we're gonna actually be more intuitive about <laughs> that. And right. it's really obvious, but yeah. Yes, yes. Um yeah. So we, we touched on, or you kind of touched on like, I guess, like responding to the diet talk, whether someone's like, oh, I'm doing this diet and I'm not eating this. And like, oh, I'm really bad or whatever kind of stuff comes up. I guess like, um, I feel like you kind of touched on it, but what advice would you give to somebody that's like, I have no idea what to do when I'm hearing this diet talk coming up in the office or wherever. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a few things. I think there is the choice to remove yourself mm-hmm. and to be lonely. Like, I think that I experienced that a lot at the beginning of my journey when I was surrounded by people who didn't get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be careful not to other yourself, um, like, like feeling like you're better than people or something, you know, something, cause you've, you've like figured it out. Yeah. Um, but so not just to have compassion for yourself, but to have compassion for other people. So first, I think you can, you can just like exit. You can say, I'm going to actually leave right now. If I know this is triggering me or, um, I can pivot the conversation. Um, or if I'm feeling like it's not going to bring me back, like maybe reminding them, like, Hey, I think that, um, you know, you got to do what's best for your body, but I also want you to remember that I'm your friend or I love you for things way beyond that. right because we're not we're not friends with people we don't love people because of their body size so um, the preoccupation with it almost doesn't make sense yes why Mm -hmm. do you think I like this is getting me thinking because I just had a conversation with a family member and you know diet culture commenting on body size is very prevalent in my family system and like it's just like it can be like the first thing that people bring up it's like oh like what about that person's weight gain or weight loss or whatever? I'm just totally. curious, like, why do you think this happens within families or friends? Like, why is this this thing to attach to? Yeah, I mean, I think that's <laughs> such a layer. I think that generationally it makes sense. And I think systemically, I mean, especially for women, I think that it's a form of oppression, right? Like if, if that's what we are, are thinking about and if that's what our worth is, mm-hmm. um, then we're not free to be more than that. Um and, and then how it shows up in family systems is, is interesting. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's similar to gossip. It's like a way to connect that actually isn't that deep. Yeah. And some families are just stuck in that. Right. And so calling out that kind of judgment in a family system is so freaking hard. Um, but I've watched individuals impact their whole family to stop commenting on bodies and to recognize that, like, that doesn't need to be something we talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think that, I think we talk about it the same reason we gossip is to make ourselves feel better, right? If I'm talking about this person's weight and I've made the correlation that weight equals something, then I can feel better about myself. But if I move into the paradigm that weight doesn't actually mean anything, then we have nothing else. We don't need to talk about it anymore. Yes. That's you so know? interesting. It's also interesting because you touched on that point of like, not othering yourself, like as you're like, kind of not like being like, Oh, I'm better than everyone around me. Cause I like know this more, or I'm like more healed or whatever. And it just see, it's like clicking in the same parts of my mind there with like trying to like 
put yourself ab above people by talking about their weight or trying to put people like put yourself above other people for uh -huh. this reason too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And we're taught to compare ourselves to others. And I think that if you are an intuitive eater, if you're working on intuitive eating and you're in a family system or in a friend's friend group and you don't participate in that, it like, people notice in a good way. Like I've watched like whole family systems stop gossiping about other people's bodies. And it's empowering to go like you have like one person changing forces everybody else to change in, in a lot of ways, That's you know, really cool. Yeah. I yeah. love that. Um, yeah. okay. So I feel like we've touched on a million parts here, but yeah. any, <laughs> I guess let's just like kind of tie a bow on it for like the person listening. That's like, yes, like I'm struggling with all this diet talk right now. And like, I'm trying to hold strong on this intuitive eating journey. Like what is just like a piece of advice you'd have for that person right now? I would want them to know that they know the truth, that there isn't a diet um, or a way of eating that is going to make them more worthy. And that I want to encourage them to connect to their higher self and go beyond what diet culture promises. Mm -hmm. And that is, um, it, again, you said it's not an easy journey, but the, it's a clear journey of, of saying you can be integrated and you can trust your body, but you need to let yourself try to trust your body. And that means noticing the diet culture talk around you and saying that feels tempting. And I'm going to do something that is more honoring to myself. Yes. I love that. That's yeah. amazing. Thank you for everything you've shared today, Becca. I would love for you to share with folks, like where can they find you? How can they follow you? Do you have like things you only see clients within Denver? Like just give us the scoop on everything. Yeah. So I run a practice called full bloom counseling and unfortunately we only see people in Denver or not in Denver in Colorado. Okay. Um, but we have a pretty active, um, social media. I'm, you can find me on social media as millennial therapist, just all one word, millennial therapist. Um, and then you might recognize some names in my practice. Natalie Peacock is need to talk. Um, and she works with us, um, Jillian Corpora and Mark Whitney. So all these really awesome Hayes people. Um, and yeah, so we're most active on Instagram. Um, or you can find out more at fullbloomcounseling.com. Cool. And you said, you mentioned to me, I think before we started recording that you have a podcast as well. Oh yeah, I do. I run a podcast that isn't well, but sometimes Hayes come up. Actually, we had Dr. Uh, Lindo Bacon on last year, cool. which was awesome. Um, but it's called two therapists in therapy. And I do that with a, another amazing therapist, Sarah Brill. And um, yeah, you can find us on Spotify or anywhere you um, listen to podcasts. We talk about all things therapy. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much, Becca. Yeah. Thank you, Kirsten. All right, guys, that's a wrap on episode 95 with Becca Moravac. Definitely don't forget to go follow her on Instagram at Millennial Therapist. And if you're interested in getting that free piece of food training from me, go over to the link in my bio on Instagram at the intuitive underscore RD. And it'll say free piece of food training and it'll, it'll show up right in your inbox when you sign up. Um, and you'll also get weekly advice from me right to your inbox on all things food and body healing. 
All right, guys, that is all I have for you for now. I will talk to you soon.